The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I must tell the Oilem this incredible story, um, only because I heard the story this morning from the person it happened to, and um, this has got absolutely nothing to do with anything, but who cares, because it's an amazing story. It's just an amazing story. The story goes like this, okay? Um, a fellow came to see me today. A boy, a man, that I was in yeshiva with over 20 years ago. I haven't seen him for 20 years. It was a big simcha to see him. He'd have chakras with us here this morning, if you saw. At the back, he saw on the side of the back. So I haven't seen him literally for 20 years. In fact, when I saw him when he came in, I have no idea who it was. I went over to him and said, Shalom Aleichem, what's your name? And I'm like, whoa. He told me he was coming, but didn't tell me when. Anyway, amazing to see someone that I haven't seen for 20 years. We were in yeshiva together. Amazing. Anyway, the point was like this. He sits down with me after, during breakfast, and he tells me this story. He was telling me a story about how his life developed generally getting to the idea of Ashkacha Pratas and how the Rabbani runs our life. And I think maybe this is such a beautiful idea, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sayyidina, to think about how the Rabbani runs our lives, how the Rabbani controls everything that we do and everything that happens to us. To cut a very long story, a little bit short, and more negate to what we are, or get to the crunch, he, you know, he was, he was learning in Kailal, and for whatever reason he had to go to make it more, more of a panosa for the family, and he decided he wanted to do something that would be relevant and something that would always be in demand. So he became a nurse. He became a nurse, wanted to do something in the medical field, whatever. And uh, that, that's what he was doing. So it means he had a lot of training in medical things. This was not long ago. Uh, it was in America, in, uh, in New Jersey. Anyway, so the point is like this. The point is like this. About three years ago, about three years ago, this story happened. He was um, in a place where they had a pool with a gate around the pool. And they had a great time. The kids were in the pool. Everything was wonderful. He was there with another family as well. They got out. They got everyone out of the pool. Made sure everyone was, no one was there. They locked the gate. Okay. Secure. Well, everything was good. And they continued doing whatever they were doing, whether it was a barbecue, whatever, supper. It doesn't irrelevant. Um, the ball that they were playing with, which was outside the gate, um, I guess got managed to get back inside or maybe there was a dog that got rotted over whatever it was and fell into the pool and one of the ch- one of his children who was three years old at the time saw the ball in the pool and was like oh, I need to take the ball out the pool so he wanted to get in to the pool area tried the gate the gate was locked however something that no one realized was that one of the bars of the gate was broken and this child managed to open up the bar like he pushed it I guess it was strong enough or it wasn't you know it was loose enough whatever and he got through, and he tried to get the ball. A few minutes later, he was in the ball. His friend, who was again three years old, saw this happen. He was the only one that saw it happen. And started to come inside and saying, Chaim needs help, Chaim needs help, we have to save Chaim. What are you talking about? No one had a clue. He saw the three-year-old child saying we have to save Chaim. Like, well, what's going on? Everything's fine, don't worry about it, chill out, just go and eat some more chips, whatever, you know? Until they realized... Maybe there's something more to what he's saying. They ran outside, and they found the boy at the bottom of the pool. They, they dived in. This man, the father of the boy, said to me that instead of a parent instinct, what kicked in was his medical knowledge instinct, and he started to do what needed to be done. Complete nisim v'niflois, chazdei Hashem, he managed to get the breathing going, a pulse going. And by the time Hatzalah came, which was literally, he said, within 60 to 120 seconds later, then the whole Misa happened, they're able to rush him to the hospital. And Baruch Hashem, he's alive and well. But he did say 
that at the time, I don't know if anyone remembers, three years ago, there were many stories of kids falling in pools and dying. And in fact, in that hospital where he was, the surgeon, the person, the, and in fact, there was a trauma expert that came in, who was a Frumyid, who wasn't actually, it wasn't even his shift. He happened to have been there because he was filling in for somebody else. Frumyid walked in, because when a person had CPR, they had to have trauma, uh, making sure everything's okay. The Frumyid walks in, and he started to cry. And he said, said to the father, this is the first one and the only one that we've seen like this. Because unfortunately, we normally get them at a different stage. And the father told me this this morning, and he said how the Rabbani Shalom is set up that he, short time before that, he needed to go to work, and he needed to choose something, and he chose that. And he was there at that time, and that saved his son's life. Now, that's an amazing story. When I, I, wow, it shook me. But, you know, we should take that and understand that maybe, you know, Baruch Hashem, we don't have to ever go through that. We should never go through that. And no one should ever go through that. But we should realize that the revolution runs our lives. And we don't even see it sometimes. We don't see how even in the small things, the revolution runs every bit of our lives. And sometimes when we step back and we look at the greatest picture and we see that, wow, the revolution, he runs everything. And we never understood why that happened, but now we understand why it happens. You know, how many boys have told me how they got to this yeshiva was because they met someone who knew the yeshiva, and because of that, that, like, everything runs in a way that we don't understand it. And sometimes we don't have the opportunity to stop and think about how our lives are what they are because of the Rabbani Shalom. And how much we have to thank Hashem for everything that we have. This is the time, Rosh Hashanah, Sesame, Shuvim, Kippah, this is the time that we stop and we make a little bit of inspection into our lives. Who, who gave us everything? Who gives us everything? Who's going to continue? Who do we owe everything to? The Rabbani Shlonim. And, and we should stop and think. We should do this every day. Halavai. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.